Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Lakeshore Online. My name is Robert Rosales. My wife Yolanda and I serve as our Gastonia campus pastors and really we're an extension of our senior pastors Gil and Debbie Dearman. And speaking of our senior pastor, most of you know uh, we shared a video with you last week and he came down with COVID-19 but he wants us uh, he wants us to communicate very clearly to you that he's uh, doing well He's on his way to a full recovery. He's getting stronger and stronger each day. You know, our senior pastor has been and he continues to stand on the word of God. Scriptures like Psalm 103 that says the Lord heals all of our diseases. And Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2.24 says by his stripes we are healed. As a matter of fact, would you just join me as we thank God for healing and restoring our senior pastor and really... Anybody in our Lakeshore family who might be struggling with COVID or any of the ramifications, would you just agree with me real quick? Father, we thank you for the covenant of healing we have. Um, We just take a moment and we declare that over our senior pastor. We thank you that you're fully restoring him and fully healing him, strengthening him day by day. As a matter of fact, we declare that over our whole Lakeshore family. We thank you that by the stripes of Jesus our Lakeshore family is healed. Lord, and if there's been any uh, negative ramifications from COVID-19, God, we thank you that your word says that you're a very present help in time of trouble. So we thank you for healing and restoring and helping us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Well, I hope you brought a Bible with you. Come on, get your Bible apps or get your Bible out. And let's say this together. You ready? Come on. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, most of you might notice right off I'm sitting down, I'm not standing up, and um, I'm doing this on purpose because I really want for us to um, envision ourselves kind of pulling up a chair, sitting at a table, and just kind of having a cup of coffee together. Because I want to share some things with you that I think would help you and to strengthen you in your relationship with God. So grab your Bible or your Bible app, and let's turn it to uh, the book of First Peter. And if you didn't know, First Peter's a letter. Uh, It's a letter from the Apostle Peter, and he's writing to uh, some Gentile Christians. These are people who didn't grow up in church, so to speak. People who in their former lives uh, lived very, very ungodly. Come on, can anybody else uh, identify uh, besides me? And he's writing to them to uh, encourage them. They're coming under persecution and they're coming under uh, rejection because of their commitment to Christ. And uh, part of his encouragement is that they recognize how important it is for them to point others to Jesus by the lifestyle that they live. They were living in a society much like ours, full of ungodliness, 
full of uh, people and philosophies and ways of living that contradict uh, the lifestyle that a genuine follower of Christ should have. So he's encouraging them, he's strengthening them, and is reminding them to keep moving forward in the faith. And then he gets to verses 15 and 16, and he shares something that I think is just so important and so relevant for us today, and that's where I want to start. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, uh, 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. Listen to that last part. He says, be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage, because it is written. Now he's referring to an Old Testament verse. He's pulling it up into the New Testament lifestyle. And he says, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. He was quoting God the Father. This is our third week in a series that we've simply entitled, Set Apart. Come on, would you say that with me? Set apart. Set apart, consecrated, sanctified, holy. These are all very synonymous terms. They're Bible words, but they're very, very relevant for us. If you've missed any of the previous messages, you can go to our website and you can catch on. But for today, if you're taking notes, the title of our message is simply this. How do I live holy in an unholy world. Would you say that with me, church? Come on. How do I live holy in an unholy world? Well, as we're getting started, I just want to dispel some wrong ideas about living holy. Uh, one, of, one of the things that some people might think is, oh, Pastor Robert, that's a kind of an Old Testament thing, isn't it? That's an Old Testament instruction. Well, that's wrong. First of all, we got to realize that this is written in the New Testament. And secondly, the Bible tells us that anything that was written in the Old Testament has been written and recorded for our instruction today. The second thing, some people might think, well, that's not even really necessary because we're living under the era of grace. So, so can't we just live any way we want to? Well, that's wrong too. Um, the Bible says that Grace isn't a license to sin. Grace is actually a loosing from sin. Grace is an empowerment to live a holy lifestyle in an unholy world. Uh, another thing people might think is, well, that just sounds super, super religious. Come on, holy. Are you serious today? You want us to live holy? You know, some people might think of holy as being one of those ladies who, who wears maybe a long dress, a black dress, and down to her ankles, and she has real long hair, and she doesn't wear any makeup, she doesn't wear any jewelry. Listen, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about being super religious. It has nothing to do with religion. It really stems from a close, uh, intimate relationship with Jesus. And some other people might think, Pastor Robert, okay, I hear you. Holy, okay, but it's just impossible. 
I mean, the world that we live in, the pressure, the temptation, the culture, it's just so, so crazy, unholy. That's, that's not even in the realm of possibility. Well, listen, that's wrong too, because God would never ask you to do something that he wouldn't be willing to empower you to do. So let's look at this word holy. The word holy in this text, 1 Peter, is the Greek word hagios, H-A-G-I-O-S. And it simply means separated, dedicated, pure. Morally and spiritually, it means to be separated from sin and dedicated or consecrated to God for special use. Simply put, Holiness is conformity to the character of God. Holiness is being shaped and molded and conformed to the character of God. Listen, take a deep breath, because if you don't got this down, if you're not living as holy as you think you should be or as holy as you want to, or at the level that God says we should, you're in good company. Come on, I'm the first one in line. We're all under construction. We're all still learning and growing. Now, living holy in an unholy world is so relevant for us today. Think about it. We are living in crazy, unprecedented, unholy times. Ungodliness is sweeping across our nation. It's sweeping across our world. There's rioting. There's racial tension. There's financial uncertainty, political cage fighting, censorship of free speech. There's cancel culture. There's major pushes and um, agendas that are being uh, positioned that contradict the holiness of God and the way that he wants us to, and the way that he instructs us to live. Now more than ever, it's time for the church to shine. It's time for the church to live differently. It's so important that we keep our hearts deeply rooted in God's faithfulness. Can I just say this? No matter who's president, Jesus is still the king. Can somebody say amen to that? We mustn't become so uh, politically charged that we're following a donkey or we're following an elephant, huh? political symbols. It's not about Democrats. It's not about Republicans. It's about following the Lamb of God. It's about following Jesus. We got to know this. We're part of an unshakable kingdom. And part of living set apart and part of living a holy life in an unholy world is knowing that we are in his care. So, Pastor Robert, how do I live holy in an unholy world? Well, I want to show you one thing that you need to know. You need to catch a fresh revelation from the Spirit of God this morning through the Scriptures. You need to know this. And then I want to show you two things that you need to do. Okay? First thing you need to know. Write this down. Holiness doesn't start with what you can do. Holiness starts with what Jesus has done. Come on, say that with me. Holiness doesn't start with what you can do. 
Holiness starts with what Jesus has done. In his powerful book, Sit, Walk, Stand, Watchman Nee puts it this way. Before we can learn how to walk in Christ, we must first learn how to sit in what Christ has done for us. This is exactly why the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, think about it with me, it's six chapters long, and the first three chapters, he takes time to emphasize position, position, position. Christ has blessed you. Christ has made you alive. Christ has raised you up. Christ has made you to sit together in Him in heavenly places. You have to begin to understand that because of the finished work of the cross and your salvation, God has already declared you to be holy. Christ has already declared you to be set apart, to be consecrated, to be sanctified, to be pure. This is by the grace of God. It's important that you're not trying to work your way to be holy, but you're sitting back on the finished work of Christ Jesus. Here's something to consider. Holiness is both the instantaneous work of God and the ongoing transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's both. It's instantaneous. When you said yes to Jesus, the Bible says God made you holy. He set you apart. The Bible says he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In his grace, in his mercy, God set you apart to himself and for himself, and he declared you to be holy. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 14. I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. This is what it says. Speaking of Christ, Christ willingly gave himself to be crucified on our behalf to redeem us and purchase our freedom from all wickedness and to purify for himself a chosen and a very special people to be his own possession who are enthusiastic for doing what is good. Or we could say these people are enthusiastic about living holy in an unholy world. Notice, he purchased us. He redeemed us. He freed us from all wickedness. No matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter how secret, no matter how out there your past life was before Christ, the sins that you committed, the things that maybe no, nobody knows about except you and God. You need to hear me, friend. If you're in Christ... You've been purified. You've been made holy. You've been made clean. As a matter of fact, this word purify comes from the Greek word katharos. K-A-T-H-A-R-O-S. Listen. To be free from impurities, without blemish, spotless, clean, and pure. That's so, so good to hear. All of my past sins, all of my present sins, 
All of my future sins come under the finished work of the cross and God sees me and God sees you as pure, free from impurities, without blemish, spotless. Someone said this, holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. Wow, that's good news, friend. Jesus has already passed tense, purified you, made you holy, made you clean, set you apart for himself, for the Father, and to live for him. And he's given you a new nature, a holy, divine nature. Now that that's done and we realize that, God is asking us to live as we already are holy in an unholy world. Okay, that's what we need to know. Now, two things that we need to do if we're going to live holy in an unholy world. Write this down. Dedicate my life to growing with the church, not just going to the church. Let that sink in. If I'm going to live holy in an unholy world, I have to dedicate my life to growing with the church, not just going to the church. One of the major blessings of, of doing life together as a church family is through strengthening one another and, and gathering together, we grow together and become more and more mature, more and more holy in our walk with the Lord. Let me show you what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 through 13. And for time's sake, I'm just reading the back half of verse 11. This is what it says in the Amplified Version. And his gifts, speaking of Jesus, his gifts to the church were varied. And he himself appointed some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. Notice the role of the pastor and the teacher in the church. To shepherd, to guide and instruct and he did this, why? To fully equip and perfect the saints. Somebody say, the saints. The word saints in the Greek is the same word as holy. It's hagios. It's really referring to the holy ones of God. You're a holy one of God. You're a saint. It even says it, God's people. Why? For works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church, verse 13, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, listen, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting or demonstrating or displaying His spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity not by ourselves, in unity. See, a maturing believer is one who's growing with the church. A maturing believer is one who's growing in holiness in an unholy world. They're marked by the obvious character of a holy God. Did you know that's exactly why we're kicking off connect groups in February. 
This is why our senior pastor is so excited about this so that he can help us, he can lead us, he can guide us, he could shepherd us and instruct us so that we can become more and more mature, more and more like Christ. We've been uh, emailing you about it. It's in our newsletters. It's been on Facebook. Let me ask you a question. Have you signed up? Have you signed up for a connect group? Let me share a couple of quick testimonies with you from some of our Lakeshore families in regards to uh, what they've experienced in connect group. Eben and Danielle Eddy say this, our connect group has been an extended family for us. We're able to laugh together, cry together, listen, and grow in our relationship with God and with each other. We're so thankful for this group and we're looking forward to this next season. That's a great praise report. Notice they're growing with God and they're growing with other believers in the church. Erica Fry says this, Connect groups have helped me break out of my comfort zone to meet new people, and it provides a safe place to have biblical sound discussions that help me learn and grow in my faith and to have an amazing group of women who supports and prays for one another. Notice that, for one another. You know, you can't do one another's all by yourself. I mean, this sounds exactly like Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, in the fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. You know, my wife, Yolanda, and I, man, if we look back over the years, I think we've been in a connect group, a small group, uh, some sort of gathering with other believers outside of Sunday morning for about 26 years. 26 years. Some of you might be thinking, oh, Pastor Robert, you have to do it. You're a pastor. No, I don't. And that's not why I do it. For the first 10 years or 15 years, I did it just because I'm convinced. I need to dedicate my life to grow with the church, not just be one who goes to the church. I don't want to be a consumer. I don't want to come just when it's convenient for me or with a heart and attitude, what's in it for me. At some point, we need to grow to the place where we're coming together because we know we're going to grow together. We're going to strengthen one another. We're going to sharpen one another. We're going to stir one another on towards love and goods works. So what are you saying, Pastor Robert? I'm saying, hey, listen, when we're done with today's message, if you haven't already, go to our website, check out our connect groups. We've got some that are going to be Zoom. We got some that are going to be in person. We got some for men. We've got some for, for women. We've got some for married couples. There's no reason why you can't sign up and grow with the church. Okay, so that's the first thing. Here's the second thing that you can do and I can do if we want to live holy in an unholy world. Write this down. Live yielded to the power and the work of the Holy Spirit within. We have to live yielded to the work and the power of the Holy Spirit within. This is a major, major key. If I had to pick one thing, I mean, this would probably be it. Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 5.16 out of the Amplified Classic Version. He says, But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit, responsive to 
and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Notice what he's saying. Make it a lifestyle. Make it part of your everyday living. Walk habitually in the person and the power of the holy, set-apart, consecrated, sanctified Spirit of God. How? Notice. Responsive, controlled, and guided by the Spirit. Why is that important? Well, he tells us why at the second half of this verse. Then, after we're doing that, you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, of the human nature without God. Or I could say the unholy desires, lusts, and cravings that we feel at times. This is a major key. Repeat this after me. You know, I'll never have you say anything that would make you feel embarrassed. So repeat this after me freely. Say this. I make a decision to live yielded to the Holy Spirit. Let that sink in. Draw a fresh line in the sand today. So there's a God part. He set you apart. He sanctified you. He, he purified you. And now there's our part. He, he's made us holy. Now we, we partner with the Holy Spirit's power and work and learn to yield to Him so that He can shape us and mold us and cause us to live holy in an unholy world. I love 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says this, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, listen, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So how does the transformation take place? By the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord. He's shaping us. He's molding us. Some of you might be thinking, Pastor Robert, what about reading our Bibles? You, you didn't mention that we got to read our Bibles. Well, think about this with me. If you make a genuine decision to grow with the church and not just go to the church, oh, we're going to read our Bibles, baby. Come on. We're going to memorize the word. We're going to look up the promises of God. We're going to use our journals, SOAP, the SOAP acronym. We're going to be people of the word. There's just no doubt about it. If you make a decision to grow with the church, you're going to be a person who's growing in the word. And if you're learning to live yielded to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, listen, you're either going to be reminded by another church family member to be in your Bibles, or you're going to hear that still small voice. Every day, scratching at your heart. Come on, open up the word. I've got some things that I want to share with you. I've got some insight. I've got some help. I've got some wisdom for you. He'll do it. And you'll be a person who's growing in holiness and growing in the word. See, none of this is automatic. None of this is easy. But all of it is necessary. Why? Because we live in a very unholy world and the pressure is surrounding us. Think about this. The world says it's okay to live together before you're married. God says, no, 
be holy. Marriage first. And the world says, it's okay to live for yourself. Just do things the way you want to. God says, no, be holy. Live for me. And the world says, it's okay to let our kids discover who they are and discover what they want to be. God says, no, 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 no. Be holy, parents. Teach them about who I say they are. Teach them to discover who I've called them to be. And the world says, unforgiveness, that's not a big deal. But God says, no, be holy. Forgive as you have been forgiven. And the world says, think and say whatever you want. It doesn't matter if your thoughts are filthy or out of alignment with God, or if you're using uh, foul language or dirty jokes or filthy speech. But God says, no, be holy. Align your thought life and align your words with me and my word. If you'll do that, son, if you'll do that, daughter, you'll experience life to the full. Can you say amen? Listen, we're almost done. I just want to give you three suggestions to yielding to the help of the Spirit. First one, respect Him as God, because He is. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, the Godhead. It's important that you have a respect for the Holy Spirit. Number two, recognize Him as a person, not just a power. The Holy Spirit has feelings, he has emotions, he thinks, he can be grieved, he can be pleased. You need to begin to recognize the Holy Spirit as a person. You can get to know a person. You can get to know a person's voice, a person's leading, a person's guidance. Third suggestion, respond to him in obedience because he's right. He will always, always, always lead you into God's will, not away from it. So what did we cover today? Living holy in an unholy world starts with what Jesus has done, not with what you can do. If you're in Christ, he's already made you holy. He's set you apart. Second, if I want to live holy in an unholy world, I have to make a decision. I have to commit to grow with the church, not just go to the church. We can't be consumers. We can't just show up when it's convenient. We can't just be spectators. It's time to get involved in the family. And third, if I'm going to live holy, in an unholy world, I will have to live yielded to the Holy Spirit within me. Have you been blessed by the Word and the Spirit of God today? Come on, just bow your heads with me and let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that took place today. I thank you that you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of your word, you have reminded us that you said, be holy, for I am holy. You've reminded us 
that no matter how unholy or how ungodly things are in our world today, you have set us apart. You have consecrated us. You have sanctified us. You have made us holy. And you've sent the Holy Spirit. And you've given us one another so that we can mature and grow and become holy in everyday living. Holy Spirit, we invite your power. We invite your life-giving power fresh and anew today. Help us to live out holiness in an unholy world. We ask all these things in the matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.